Pepper and those who are probably been around for a while are our guests. Brother Gary told me that song's been around for a long time, and so I appreciate that this morning. It was a blessing. And uh, so I appreciate also, uh, mentioned Wednesday night, but I appreciate Brother Ken uh, Brinson filling in last Sunday, uh, last minute. And uh, if you hadn't been here uh, since last Sunday, uh, of course, I, I wasn't here. Um, unfortunately, he got sick, and uh, that is a, a tragic thing when that happens because he's just scrambling last minute trying to make final decisions on things. But I appreciate the church just has a mind to work and a heart for it. And uh, uh, obviously, her good reports and live streaming, we're able to watch a lot of the, the stuff that happened and very, very thankful for all of that. Uh, of course, I do encourage you to be in prayer for one another. It's uh, that time of year, and there's a lot of it going around right now. And uh, so definitely be in prayer for each other uh, in that regard. <clears throat> a few uh, things. We don't normally do prayer requests and things on Sunday morning, but I did want to make mention of a few. One is Brother Wally. I'm so grateful he's here this morning. And uh, just this uh, week before last, towards the end of last, the week before, he had a uh, stroke and um, Fortunately, didn't cause any problems, and he's on the up and up, and we're sure thankful he's able to be here this morning. Uh, it's a tremendous blessing uh, with all that. And then also, uh, of course, Miss Darla uh, Hastings, I know many of you all have uh, reached out to her, just being in prayer and encouraging her, her uh, mother, biological mother. Most of us here would not know her really well, but she tragically passed away in a car accident. And so if you see Miss Darla this morning, she's back with Junior Church this morning. But uh, if you see her, uh, maybe let her know you're praying for her and give her a word of encouragement there. And uh, anyways, just be in prayer for one another. I know you are. And uh, encourage each other in the Lord. Amen. All right, let's take our Bibles here this morning and go to Ecclesiastes in chapter number 6. <laughs> I said about the, the sickness, and I, I guess I'll just uh, go ahead and mention this. I'm... Still, if you've had whatever it is, flu, COVID, I don't know what it is that's going around nowadays, but uh, a little combination of everything, a little bit of this, that, and the other, but there's a cough that just lingers afterwards a lot of people have struggled with, and I'm uh, in that same boat, and so I'll try my best this morning not to be up here hacking and coughing and blowing it all in the microphone and making it annoying for all of you all, but just know... It's inevitable and it might happen. Actually, it might be a good thing. You fall asleep and I accidentally give a good one right into the mic. Everybody just get a good wake-up call, you know. So Ecclesiastes chapter 6. If you find your place there and you're able to, let's stand together as we honor the reading of God's Word. Ecclesiastes chapter number 6. And we're going to start reading in verse number uh, 10. Now this is a, uh, a transition part in the book. Uh, and we'll try to make that clear as we go into the sermon here. But we've been talking about uh, vanity and the journey that Solomon is taking under the sun. And now we're going to be transitioning to chapter 7 on, which is this. If it's vain to live under the sun, well, how should we live? And so then Solomon starts to give us wisdom of how not to live in a life of vanity. So this is somewhat of a transition uh, between those two thoughts in these verses. So Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse number 10, it says this, "...that which hath been is named already." And it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? For who knoweth what is good for man in this life all the days of his vain life which he spendeth 
as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Now, I know that blessed you. We'll try to make some clarity of what Solomon's talking about there. But here's what I entitled the sermon here this morning. God knows what man cannot. God knows what man cannot. May God bless the reading of His Word. You can be seated. <clears throat> Thank you for standing in honor of the Scriptures uh, here this morning. There was a uh, United States Navy radio communication that took place some years ago, <clears throat> way before uh, satellites and radar and all that stuff, just some radio communication that was taking place. One of the uh, two communications that were taking place, one from uh, one ship and then another one from another ship, these two voices that are communicating with each other. So ship one or voice number one says this, please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid collision. To which the response came back to this ship, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. Well, obviously, the first ship didn't like that very much and said this, this is the captain of the United States Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. To which the other ship responded again, no, I say again, divert your course. So then the response from the Navy ship comes this way. This is the aircraft carrier Enterprise. We are a large warship of the United States Navy. Divert your course now. To which the response came, this is a lighthouse. Your call. <laughs> now that changes the conversation a little bit there, doesn't it? <clears throat> Now, no matter how big the ship is, and they're arguing with land that there's a lighthouse there, and obviously there was a, a, a diverting, of course, that needed to happen on the ship's part. Now, it's a humorous story in the sense of, obviously, the ship's going to lose the contest between the lighthouse, but how often do we in our own pride think that we've got a course of action set out, and we uh, like to inform God... Uh, God, you need to divert your course 15 degrees to the south. And we let him know, hey, you need to get online with our plans and our course of action, what we have in mind here, to which God will respond to us, you need to divert your course and align your thinking and your direction and your life with my word. Now, if there maybe is one here this morning who's saying, who is God to think that he can tell me what I need to do with my life? And I, I'm a self-made individual and I will do what I'm going to do and uh, God can't tell me what I'm supposed to do. It would be a, a, a egregious tragedy in your life to make those statements because it would be like the ship responding, I am a warship, I am this large battleship, lighthouse you need to divert your course. It would be more foolish and more folly than making that statement to say to God, God, I will not change. I know what's best for my life. And many lives have been found shipwrecked on the ruin of the rocks of sin and degradation and moving away from where God wants them to be because they have made just the statement that has, we've just talked about here. 
Now, unfortunately, there are those who maybe wouldn't say blatantly, God, I won't do what you want me to do. But instead, ignore by sticking our head in the sand or acting as if God has not spoken or trying to do something by silencing the noise of what God is telling us to do. I wonder how many individuals come to church at Bible Baptist Church and have set through a message similar to what we're going to hear this morning and God has just, man, just started hammering on you. You know that conviction? If you've never felt that before, you're missing out. Uh, man, the conviction of the Holy Spirit that begins to work on your life. Which I, I encourage you, uh, if you're not uh, faithfully attending church somewhere, you need to get under a church where you will feel conviction. If all you're doing is coming to church and it's a bunch of ear candy and you walk away just feeling good about yourself and, man, I'm just a champion and I'm just a winner and I'm just the best, uh, you miss something because the, God's Word is good for instruction, but it's also good for reproof and correction. And we need that. Uh, but man, maybe you've sat in a service here and God has just been giving you the what for and you need to correct this thinking and you need to move in a different direction and you need to be a better husband, you need to be a better wife, you need to be a better parent, you need to be a better child, you need to be a better student, you, you need to get rid of that sin in your life. And maybe it's something God just started mm, and just getting after you and, the, and God in His grace says, I'm not going to leave you where you're at. And God begins to convict and begins to work on your heart and Man, you can feel almost the, the, the white knuckle syndrome, right? You know that when you're sitting in a pew and the Holy Spirit's working on you and you're standing up and instead of going, you, you're holding on for dear life. You know, God's there and He's working on you and He's convicting you and He loves you too much to leave you with that and the Holy Spirit's just driving and driving and driving. And maybe it is you've never blatantly said this. In that moment, you've never said, God, no. But how many times do we leave from services just like that, go home, and then drown out the conviction of God by doing any and everything but responding to Him? Man, it, we're, we're pretty good at it. Let me turn on a, a sports event. Let me, let me put some TV on. Let me eat some food. Let me go somewhere. There has to be noise and busyness in my life or else I'm going to feel that conviction. Then that night you pillow your head, you lay your head down at night and God begins in the quiet of that room, begins to bring to mind those things that he's trying to correct and trying to work in your life. Come on, have you ever felt that conviction before? A gracious God won't leave you alone. You're there and it's quiet again and you simply say this, if I could just get to sleep then it'll go away. And I wonder how many times those of us that God in His grace has given us mercy by convicting us and trying to lead us in the right path and, and giving us a pastor that will preach the Word and giving us a church that will help try to corral us in the right direction. And all of these things are working on us and we would never blatantly say no to God. But yet we keep saying this, just be quiet. Quit convicting me. Let me go back to the way things were. Leave me alone. I wonder how many of us have missed out on God's will and God's voice and God's direction for our life and how many of us are heading straight for the rocks. And we would never say, we're not diverting our course, you divert yours. But yet we just silence the radio and just keep on plowing forward in the same direction. Only to head to the rocks and the same destructive path that is laid right in front of us. Maybe it is here this morning there's some people that are attended this service and there is a direction that you are heading in your life that is bound for destruction. Bound for destruction. 
Man, maybe there's something that you're doing in private. Maybe there's some relationship. Maybe there's some website. Maybe there's some uh, uh, interaction at work. Maybe there's some friendship that you have and you know it's heading you right towards devastation. And maybe it is God has been screaming over the radio, yelling at you in every direction, correct course. Don't do this. Get right, repent, turn, move directions. And you've been silencing it. Man, maybe it is here this morning you've had gossip and backbiting, dissension and anger and bitterness in your heart. And God has been dealing with you on that over and over and over in His grace. And He says, divert course, change direction. You're going to end up in shipwreck. I'm thankful Solomon comes to us here this morning and he helps us understand this. God's thoughts and God's ways and God's directions are always better and higher and greater than ours. And there are some things that man simply cannot know that God alone knows. Now, in, in our passage of Scripture here, Solomon helps us understand in verse number 10 there, which kind of do quick work through these verses to get some application here. But he says, That which hath been is named already, and it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Now, without re-preaching 12 messages that we've already been down the path of here, Solomon is basically saying this. Listen, we've already been on a journey under the sun, and we've been naming a lot of things. If you'll remember, the first portion of the book of Ecclesiastes, these first six chapters, have predominantly been about this. Solomon said, I'm going to leave a life lived for God, and instead I'm going to live a life in this world for this world. It's a phrase that he uses again here in chapter 6, verse number 12, under the sun. Now that, that phrase under the sun simply means this, I'm going to live life apart from God, and God's word and God's direction. And of course, what was the conclusion that he gave us in chapter 1? He already gave us the conclusion of the matter, which was this, it's vanity of vanities. It's all empty. There's no value. There's no substance there. And so Solomon has taken us on this journey where he has tried money. The last three weeks or so, we've been talking about that, where he's tried possessions and money and stuff. He tried relationships. Lots of relationships. Solomon had, if you add up all of his wives and concubines, he had like a thousand women in his life. It's a lot. And none of them fulfilled. He tried relationships and that didn't work out. He tried accomplishments. He tried building things. You know, the, the hanging gardens there and all the beauty of what Solomon and all the things that he did. He tried all kinds of accomplishments and never did that satisfy. Now listen, we've gone through 12 sermons here. And there has been this journey under the sun where Solomon says, I tried this. And I applied all of my wisdom and all of my energy and all of my money and all of my talent and all of the resources that were available to me. And here's the conclusion. Vanity. Empty. No value. Promising much, delivering none. So he says here in, in verse number 10, he says, well, what else are we going to name among men? We could go out and it's already been named. We've already talked about all the places that you can go and we can look at all the different areas that you can go to and you can't contend with God. That which God supplies is mightier, greater, and of greater substance than anything this world has to offer. 
<coughs> he actually kind of defines it there in verse number uh, 10 when he says this, that which hath been is named already. Now, this verse, though you might not notice it at first reading there, it really draws our attention back to Genesis in chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, if you'll remember, God allows Adam to name, name all the animals, but for him was not found a help meeting. He then has Eve that's brought and she's named. But there is a name that is given to man in Genesis chapter 3 after he sins and falls in the garden. There is a title or a name that's given to man that has stuck with us through all the ages. That title is this, dust. We've been given that we were taken from the dust and we will return to the dust. We are dust. That's all we are because of sin and because of wrong and because of evil. And so when he says here in this passage of scripture, that which has already been named we are, we are finite. We have, we have so limited resources. That's why it's all vain. You can spend your whole life and get everything you ever want, and yet life still comes to an end. There's a conclusion to this thing. But he simply says this, there's one that's mightier in verse 10, which is this, where we are finite, God is infinite. Amen. Where we are dust, he is the ancient of days. The I am that I am. God almighty without predecessor, without successor, God Almighty. And so when he points this out in verse number 10, he's drawing this super strong conclusion that, listen, we have tried all of these things, and yet we are dust, we are vanity, there's no, there's no benefit here, and yet here is God, the great I am, the sustainer, the provider of all things, he who is infinite, the great I am. There are so many things that men have tried to make a name for themselves and make something of themselves, but ultimately it all is vanity. He says that in verse number 11 there, seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? Where, how is man better today than he was years ago? Well, technology, this and that and the other. I think if we really boil it down, when you look at human nature and the attitude of man and the contentment of man, you'll find that there really is no new thing under the sun. And what has been is what is. And Solomon is simply saying here, we are not better for man and all that man has done. So there's an important question that arises in verse number 12 in Solomon's mind. This is where we want to get. Don't. Turn off. Here we go. Verse 12. For who knoweth what is good for man in this life all the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow? It's a good question. I've tried everything, Solomon says. I've spent my days going from this to this to this and it feels like just a shadow that's passing by. Who knows what's good for man in this vain and empty life? There's nothing of substance here. What of value is there in this life? Who knows what's good? Well, there's a lot of people who say they know what's good, don't they? Oh, yeah, if you want to, you can find them out there. Oh, yeah, all you need is a better self-image. 
You just need to look at yourself and you need to look at yourself and you need to say, you are just victorious. You are just a good person. You just need to pat yourself on the back every day and say, you're awesome. There are those who, who give that as a solution to this. There are those who are out there who say, you know, really what it is is we just live in a depressing world and you're depressed like everyone else. So here, just take these medicines. And that's the answer that's given. Find something that makes you happy. The humanism mantra, right? Whatever makes you happy, just do that. But I'm telling you, if you follow that out to its end, just because it makes you happy in the immediate, doesn't mean it'll provide anything but vanity. And Solomon's proof of that. You need more recreation, more pleasure, more fun, more stuff, more money, more looseness. You're wearing yourself out trying to do all this Jesus stuff. Get out of church and just go live your life. Now listen, there's a lot of voices that'll say those things and more. There are voices that are out there that are telling you, do this, do that, move in this direction. But here's the problem. None of them move us in the right direction. And although there are many voices that are out there, there is one voice that cries through the darkness and pierces through the darkness to give clarity. Notice this that he says there in verse number 12, the end of it. He says, For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Well, I can answer that question for you. And Solomon leaves it as a rhetorical question here, which is simply this. Who can answer the mysteries of this life under the sun? Who can give substance to a life under the sun? Who can, who can provide meaning to this life? Who can answer all the questions of life? Well, I'll tell you who it is. It's God. God alone can answer the questions of your life. Now, <coughs> just to kind of give <coughs> excuse me, some, some application here on this point. So Solomon is basically helping us understand this. Listen, there are a lot of voices that are out there and they're saying, come this direction, move in this way, do this, apply this to your life, buy this, make this relationship, read this self-help book. And, and listen, I'm telling you, there were those people that were in Jesus' day also that were even religious people, and they were saying, believe this away and you'll be satisfied. What was Jesus' testimony of it? They were like sheep who were scattered abroad without a shepherd. Directionless, leaderless. They felt like they had no idea what they needed to do with their life. And, and I, I, I can't help but wonder, maybe there are those who are here this morning who in your life you feel directionless, leaderless. You feel like there's really, where am I going in life? Where's life supposed to be? I've got a career. I've got a wife. I've got 2.1 children, whatever it's supposed to be. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm, I'm doing all the stuff that I'm supposed to do to be, and yet it feels like there's some kind of emptiness there. There's some kind of void. There's lack of fulfillment. And Solomon shows up and he says, listen, I'm going to tell you as one who had more money than anybody else, who had more wisdom than anybody else, who had more opportunities than anybody else, I tried all that. I tried doing religious stuff. I tried buying everything my heart wanted. I tried reading the self-help books. And here's what it was. Vanity. It was empty. So then he helps us understand this. There is one who is mightier there is one who gives clarity and direction like no other, and that is God. Now, here's a comforting thought. God is not up in heaven like many people think he is, sitting up there going, who can I thump today? 
God's not up in heaven like the ancients wanted us to believe in mythology and things, that these gods were unknown and had no desire to be known. That's not the true and living God. The true and living God, Jehovah, the great I Am, not only desires to be known, but He's given us a book whereby we may know Him. <clears throat> oh, here we go in the Bible again. Yeah. There's a reason why we're pretty big here at this church on preaching and reading and understanding the Scriptures. Why? Because this, this is direction in a directionless world. This is solid rock in a world that otherwise is wishy-washy and moving around with every slight of new ideas that are out there. And listen, it might not be trendy, but it's timeless. It is unmovable, unshakable, and it will always move you in the right direction. I have no doubt, somebody here this morning is like, my marriage is... 15 degrees to the south. You've know, been saying that to each other for a while, you know. Amen. Got the direction right here. Unfortunately, many times God's convicted you. You got white knuckle syndrome. Quiet it out. I don't want to have conviction from God. I just want God to align with my thinking. I just want God to fix my marriage without me doing what God said to do. It doesn't work that way. Man, I want my kids to be what God wants them to be. I want them to turn out right. Well, have you tried the book? It's got the answers. Yeah. Listen, there's timeless truths that are contained right here in this book that are preached from this pulpit, that are encouraged from these members right here in this church that want to help you move in that right direction to be what God intended you to be. And here's the thing. There are some things under this sun that we will never have all the answers to. We're never going to be able to figure it out. And as much as I would love to, even as a pastor, I can't sit down and be like, you need to do X, Y, Z, and this is all the perfect answers. But I'm thankful there's a God in heaven who desires to know you and to be known of you who does have all the answers. And things that we could never know, He has perfect understanding. As the Ancient of Days, the Great I Am. So here's what Solomon says. We've taken a journey under the sun, and here's the conclusion of that. Vanity. So now let's take a journey over here. A life lived by following the wisdom of God. And what does that look like? I'm thankful that the book of Ecclesiastes now is going to open up some wisdom and understanding that we don't have to live life under the sun. We can live life for the Son of God according to His Word and by following His ways. doesn't mean we'll have perfect understanding always or there won't be bumps along the road, but I'm thankful for this. God has given us the answers that we need and the direction that we need. So here's the question this morning. Will you align with His thinking or will you keep rejecting it and going your own way? <clears throat> You're either going to tell the lighthouse, move, or you will move. But I will submit to you here this morning, if you don't move, there's probably shipwreck, destruction, 
and your life will never be fully all that God intended it to be. Let's all stand together as we come to a time of invitation here this morning.